Hi guys, and welcome to 2021. We're looking at module A today, and we're looking at Eddie Marbo and the castle. Of course, when you do your analysis with me, like usual, I don't put lots and lots of text up there. You're going to have to get your pens and start to write and take notes. Hopefully, if, it's, if this is on YouTube or if you're following on YouTube, you can put the closed caption on. If you're listening on the podcast, then just try and keep up. Um, what I can say is that it's my belief, and I do this with all my classes, I always get them to write notes. I don't try and put lots of notes up on the board. Why? Because not just in the set of New South Wales, probably all over the world, more and more students are using BYOD or their own devices. Okay, And what's happening is that they're losing the, the ability, not to write it, essentially, but they're losing the ability to write with speed and clarity. We're seeing far smaller responses in exam times, and that might give you the benefit or the advantage that you're looking for. So I made a rule. You can bring your device in, but you're writing every bit of content this year in a book in my classes. They are writing. We're writing thousands and thousands of words per day, per week, you know. So for the most part, please don't forget the ability to write with speed and clarity because the questions you're going to get will take some effort, time, and possibly length. Okay, this is year 12. This is the HSC. It's not a three-line dot-point answer, okay? So let's try and take some notes, write with depth, clarity, and speed as well. So let me get to it. The castle. We love the castle. I love the castle. But there, are, if I could pick out two things that give people a bit, of, a bit of a hurdle in the castle would be that it is so easy that it is hard to get to higher order depths in this text. It is hard to dig and pull out aspects of this text that pertain itself to higher end marks because of the simplicity. I know it is its simplicity that is most enjoyable, that connects so many people, that makes it so successful. I get that. That's why I like it so much. But if you are going to, if you're a teacher, this is, roll the dice and do this text or select this text for your students and then hoping to get at the higher band five ranges for this text, it is going to be a bit more difficult because of its simplicity. Okay. How do you write with eloquence and sophistication when the essence of the text is not? But there is one concept or point that is being made in the castle that definitely gets you to that level. And that is the alignment with the struggles and the story of Eddie Marbo. So let's have a look at this and we'll go through Eddie Marbo and the castle. First of all, we must not underestimate the true value of these particular references and indigenous reference in general in the castle. They're of value to you and they can get you to the high level. Okay? Essentially, the Marbo story aligns itself to the other Kerrigans. Actually, it should be the other way around. Is Rob Sitch trying to tell us something? Why so many Indigenous references? It's like that bit in um, Back to the Future when he taps on McFly's head. Hello, McFly. Hello. Okay, that's what's stitched into you. 
There's a point to be made here, guys. Pick it up, please. It's a, it's a big one, okay? I mean, does history just like repeating itself? Or as Daryl Kerrigan puts it, why does this country keep on kicking its people in the guts? There's a connection there, okay? Remember, there is so much to be attained from analysing how the Marbo narrative is played out in the castle. The castle, and to a greater extent, the way in which Daryl Kerrigan's character arc develops from beginning to the conclusion of the text. That's right, guys. Here's a complex idea that'll give some results. Talk about Daryl Kerrigan's character arc. It's profound. It develops. He grows. Okay, so the one way we can see a nice illuminated arc in a character and some good writing to go with it would be seeing or living through a character that actually develops and grows. And how do you prove that? Because when the character reflects back on their own wrongdoings, their own misjudgments, well, then you know for a fact there's growth in the character, and that's what Daryl does, okay? This is clearly seen through a greater sense of self-consciousness and awareness of Indigenous issues. Quote, I'm really starting to understand how Aborigines feel. There's reflection there, guys. That's character growth. So you can actually talk about Daryl Kerrigan's character arc. Okay, continuing. So, in essence, what we are discussing here is identity, our cultural identity. Who are we exactly? And what can we share in our journey with our Indigenous brothers and sisters? When we look deep within the fabric of our cultural landscape, you find nuances of what many refer to as the David versus Goliath battle and the idea of the Aussie battler. Okay, and even if you dare to dream, no pun intended, this house is like their land. Their land is their story. Daryl Kerrigan. You don't have to believe me, just listen to Daryl. The Marbo case of 1992 is deeply rooted into Australian cultural history. However, it is also the foundation of the Kerrigan matter. And ironically, Daryl Kerrigan, a man who has not always been on side with Indigenous progression, starts to live through their pain. I'm really starting to understand how the Aborigines feel, he says. In response to this, his wife says, you must be feeling sick. Sitch highlights the lack of understanding for Aboriginal culture. However, through education and understanding, Daryl develops tolerance. This is a vital component of Australian culture that is not always noted and that Australians are not given credit for that element of their culture. And that's something which Sitch aims to highlight. Okay, it also reflects growth in his character arc. Continuing on. The most important reference to Indigenous rights is in the courtroom. Quote, it's the whole vibe of the thing. Whilst this line is seen as trivial in its essence, the ramifications of it are anything but. Sitch critically analyzes and masterfully amalgamates the scientific, lineal political construct of the Marbo decision and connects it with the Kerrigan story. Eddie Marbo used the concept of a bloodline lineage to prove in a Queensland court that he has a native title claim to a set of islands of the northern coast of Queensland. In winning this case, the Queensland government had to agree that these particular islands had far greater connection to the Marbo family than they did to the Queensland government. 
in the same instance, the Kerrigan matter is based on the same angle of understanding. Number three, Highview Crescent Coolaroo is Daryl Kerrigan's Marbo. Okay? He has a lineage on that land, and thus, the value of the land holds far more sway in the roots of the Kerrigan family, rather than Airlink, a consortium. The interesting component about identity in this scene is that it's actually juxtaposed in its nature. Both Kerrigan and Marbo fight for what they believe is theirs. They believe in the family construct, something that is worth the effort of toil and struggle. But in contrast to this is a negative component of our culture. That's where the juxtaposition comes in. Where Stitch depicts that such injustices aren't always bound by race or creed. When will this country stop kicking its own in the guts, Daryl Kerrigan, regardless of being white or black? Sometimes it just picks on the people with the least amount of power or voice. And that's something we can all connect with. In conclusion, the Marbo case of 1992 is vital in attaining a higher order comprehension of this film. Whether you're studying the text or interested in the idiosyncrasies of the coexistence of our two cultures, one can only hope you find a newfound appreciation for this text. Thanks, guys, and keep a lookout for more posts and podcasts. Thank you. Bye. Bye.